So in today's Daily Cyber, what I'm going to be talking about is what are the biggest cybersecurity challenges for companies for the next 12 months? So let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Okay, so there's a lot going on in, in the kind of North American market and what you're seeing on the news. I first want to say I hope everyone that's protesting right now is safe. I know there's a lot of going, a lot of uh, uh, kind of violence that we're seeing on TV. Uh, looting, uh, people flipping cars, things like that. So hopefully everyone's safe, both by the protesters as well by the police and the law enforcement. So I just want to first put that out there. Uh, I know it's a very stressful time and you know it's a very hot topic and very uh, sensitive topic. So I just want everyone to be safe. So let's jump into you know the the biggest cybersecurity challenges for companies for the next twelve months. First, I got and I've got a little bit of a. Uh, articles that I've been reading from the CISO magazine. Uh, I put the link below so you can check that out. Uh, first, they're talking about digital transformation and DX. Uh, spending globally is estimated around $7.4 trillion between 2020 to roughly around 2024. So basically what that means is what we're seeing because of COVID-19 and, and as we've been seeing this, you know, ongoing is companies are really looking at taking their on-prem uh, data and putting it up into the cloud and looking at how, you know, classification, look at storage, look at security. They're looking at all these different aspects. Uh, one thing for me on a cybersecurity standpoint is looking at digital transformation vulnerabilities. So as the migration and then transfer and all these projects are going on, what vulnerabilities are being open uh, when you're using cloud solutions and when you're transferring data, you got data in storage and data in motion. So you got to look at the security aspects of that. Next, uh, they talk about is ransom attacks. The average ransom attack cost is around $80,000 to restore any data. Now, this is not saying if you have to pay the ransom or anything along that lines. That's just, from my understanding, just the cost of what it what it will take for uh, remediation, maybe forensics, uh, hiring maybe an external team. is potentially could cost up to $80,000, if not more. And that's kind of the average, what they're saying in the article. So... I know I was reading from another article as of, I think it was March, that the increase of ransomware attacks went up to about 140%. And the reason why that was is because, as we know, the attack surface changed, right? So now you have people working from home, uh, using their own personal laptops, personal desktops potentially, might not have antivirus, anti-malware, endpoint protection. So the attackers really went hard to 
you know, start sending out phishing attacks and, and things along that line to attack the people that now are working remote and working from home. So something to be mindful of, of, of things to look for and things that companies are looking to protect themselves. Uh, the other thing they were saying was the biggest challenge that will impact organizations within the next 12 months is uh, cybersecurity threats. They say they increase about 32%. Uh, so shortage of skills to implement technologies around 30%. And meeting, uh, changing customer needs around 29% uh, were also called as key uh, hurdles. Well, let's talk about the customer changes. Uh, we're seeing a lot of companies now that are going from uh, in-store purchases that you're maybe looking at supply chain, inventory, anything along that line that comes to a local store. Uh, be it restaurant, retail, whatever that may be. And now that supply chain has changed now to being in warehouses and, you know, going through warehouses and shipping and receiving and picketing, picking orders and then being distributed and shipped out from the warehouse directly to consumers through uh, any type of uh, shipping process. It could be Canada Post, uh, U.S. Mail, UPS, FedEx, Purelater, whatever that may be. So the distribution model is, has really changed and the supply chain has changed as well. And when they're getting an inventory and it's taking a little bit longer, of, of course, because, you know, how things have changed with COVID-19. So something to think about as one of the challenges. Uh, next is lack of staff to work on new initiatives. Around 42% uh, was called as the most impactful data protection challenges that organizations currently have. Lack of budget for new initiatives and a lack of visibility on operational performance was also also cited. So let's talk about that. Uh, we're seeing right now that companies now need more staff to be able to make these initiatives and make these changes quickly. A lot of them had roadmaps that we're looking at, uh, say the next 12 months, you know, even two years of, you know, changes and things they wanted to implement new technologies. A lot of those roadmaps changed overnight because of the landscape of how everything changed that they needed a VPN, they needed remote access, two-factor authentication, uh, maybe even to look at policies, governance, uh, classification of data, whatever that may be. All the things that they were looking for that maybe would have been the year's uh, project for the year actually be implemented over like, some overnight, some in a, in, in a couple of weeks, and some are still working on it right now to be able to implement everything and secure it and harden it. So a lot of changes happen and a lot of um, projects are still ongoing that companies are short experts and professionals in those areas to make those changes, right? Because there's just a lot of changes that happen fast and sometimes their teams uh, the essential staff members that are able to do it are so tied up with other projects. They don't have other staff members that are able to do it. So something to kind of think about in just my opinion of what I'm seeing. Uh, what else am I seeing here? Over a third, 39% uh, of uh, respondents said the ability to improve the reliability of backups uh, is the most likely reason to drive the organization to change its primary backup solution. So something that was interesting for me was looking at this was Companies that look at backup storage and backup solutions, right? A lot of some companies have on-prem solutions and then moved over to the cloud solutions. And I'll talk about that a little bit later because uh, they talk about uh, backup as a service. But some actually moved to a cloud solution to be able to store everything off-prem just in case they weren't able to access their their office. Uh, they didn't have staff there being they were able to go in. Uh, the remote workers now where are they storing data? So now if they're storing in the cloud, having backup solutions in the cloud solution. And have redundancies, you know, just along that line and really kind of thinking of, you know, 
the backup solution, but then also looking at security. Uh, and then I'll talk about that security uh, for this point. Uh, just give me a second here on the third prove liability backups. Uh, and then last one is, uh, or second last one is over a quarter, 27% of organizations uh, data is backed up in, in into the cloud by a backups, uh, backup as a service provider. 14% uh, of data across organizations globally is not backed up at all. So backup as, as a service and something you got to think of, there's shared responsibility when you're using any type of cloud solution. Uh, some uh, organizations, some companies that I've talked to had another third party maybe set up their cloud solution, but they never talked about the actual security portion of it. And something you need to understand with Amazon, Azure, uh, Google, uh, G Suite, any of the lot longs, uh, Microsoft Office 365, uh, any of those cloud solutions, you got to look at the terms of service and you got to look at the security. Because a lot of times there's a, they only secure up to a certain point and then it's your responsibility as an organization to look at those other areas that you need to secure. Uh, and having uh, professionals that know that inside and out is extremely important to be able to do that. Uh, just because you don't want to have your essential data information, contracts, uh, PII information, uh, financial information, whatever that may be online in a cloud solution and not have it locked down and secure. So something to think about. Now, the 14% of data across organizations globally is not backed up. I'm, I'm, in, um, I'm intrigued really to see what that 14% is because there could be data that just is not essential. And, and I'll use this as an example. You look at, um, say, marketing material. Marketing material that was from like 2001 that you'd no longer need the branding's different, the color's different, you know, maybe you have kind of the hex information, the templates, whatever that may be, and you don't really need to back it up because you're not going to use it anymore. You've moved on so many times over that it's just data that's there and potentially even could be deleted. That could be a potential, what we're talking about, the 14%. Uh, I like to kind of learn more of what they're we're really kind of addressing with that 14%. Uh, the last topic here is a uh, thing that they talked about was over two in five companies, organizations, plan to leverage cloud-based backups managed by uh, by a BAS, you know, backup as a service provider within the next two years. So I don't know if that's true. Uh, what do you think about these, the, these items that people should be looking or comment below? I really like to kind of hear what you're thinking. Now, some things on my side, what I would recommend you look at over the next 12 months is, you know, your compliance, uh, your business continuity, your disaster recovery, your instant response, um, your VPN, of course, two-factor authentication, if you haven't looked at that. Uh, trying to think of other things that I'm, I'm talking and having discussions. Uh, your SIM. Make sure your SIM's up to date and it's logging properly. And what's the landscape? What is it lo logging? Because some of them had the, the SIM set up to be able to log endpoints that were in the perimeter, in the network. But now what does it mean if they're outside of the network? Right. So how does that change the landscape? Now, I'm not an expert in this area when it comes to that. Uh, if you have questions, let me know. I can have uh, one of my teams reach out and, ha and answer any of those questions. But something to really think about how the landscape has changed. Where are you actually monitoring you know, your devices if they're off your network, if they're at someone else's home network? That's And bringing up another point is something to look out for is people's home networks. Something that hasn't really been truly discussed from what I've seen 
is having cybersecurity awareness training about how to properly set up your home network, how to secure it, how to lock it down, uh, making sure that you have your VPN set up, making sure you have you know security on your your modem. Uh, what else do you need? Uh, antivirus, anti-malware, maybe even an endpoint up to date, patch management at home, making sure all your systems are up to date, uh, blacklisting any applications that shouldn't be really on your home network if you're working from home. Uh, and just use these examples, say there's games or uh, games that your kids are using off of, you know, Facebook, something along that line. And I don't want to pick on Facebook, but I'm just using that as an example where there could be uh, ones that have mal games that have malware in it, have script kitties in that, that they're running on your network. And then all of a sudden they're connected to the same network that your work PC now is connected to. So making sure that you separate that and maybe even have your own little VLAN. But if you're not too uh, vast um, versed at networking, then I would make sure that everything's locked down, that you have kind of a home policy of what can be on and what cannot be on. And and really kind of look at protecting your network. And I, I know this is a little bit harsh, especially if you have kids, you want to make sure they can have some fun, you know, take some breaks, but you need to do this now if you're working from home and making sure that you're secure. Uh, data storage, talking about data storage and where you're storing your data. So one of the concerns that I've been hearing is uh, data being stored locally on flash drives, uh, local hard drives, um, what I'm trying to think of, ex you know, external hard drives and not being backed up, not being uh, encrypted, because if you have work data there, you got to make sure that it's encrypted first and foremost, because if you ever uh, lose that or someone gets access to it, you want to make sure that they can't get the data that is company data. So making sure that's protected. Uh, your cell phones, your devices in that sense, make sure that's kind of locked down as well. And then last but not least, and I mentioned this quickly, is just cybersecurity awareness training. Because we're overwhelmed, everything that's going on with COVID-19 and everyone's busy with work and all these different areas, cybersecurity awareness training is so important to be reminded of things that you should not be doing. Uh, I had a conversation today when I talked about clickbait. Uh, one of the challenges is that uh, kind of news that intrigues you that you got to click on like oh my god four people were injured in the protest a you know and, and four cops were doing something xyz and also now you want to click on it because you want to find out what's going on in the news but then you find out later it's malware or something along that line so just be very very careful if you're looking at news news feeds anything along that line go to sources that are uh trusted go to your local news like for me it would be city tv pulse 24 uh, BBC, uh, CNN, anything along that, go directly to these sites and get your information. Don't click on any links that you don't know or you're not familiar with, especially in social media feeds. Just be very careful. I highly, I highly recommend is that if you see something that you're, it's intriguing, you need, you want to click on it, you want more information, go open up your browser, go to that actual, you know, website, CNN, whatever that may be, or even do a Google search for that title and just make sure it's on a valid site. Uh, and this is, again, just a cybersecurity awareness to make sure you protect yourself. So I know I covered a lot of information of what to protect and what to do as an organization. Uh, some other areas as a business owner, something to think about uh, is forecasting business continuity. Um, what else am I hearing? A lot of companies are working on right now. Uh, insurance liability, uh, having those discussions and looking at how it's changed. 
looking at leasing information right now. I know a lot of companies are now talking about you know, their lease and their property. What are they going to do? How's that the landscape going to change? And, and just having a security mindset, how is that going to change as well with your infrastructure? So, yeah, I think that's a lot to cover. Please let me know if you have any comments. Uh, what do you think about these this list of security uh, challenges for the next 12 months? Is there one that, you, one that I didn't mention that you would add on? Comment below. Let me know. I'd like to hear kind of what your thoughts are just to help people, you know, educate and stay protected. So that's it for today's Daily Cyber. Uh, I want to thank everyone that's been uh, following me and subscribe to all my channels. If it's YouTube, uh, the Daily Cyber website, I've seen a lot of people subscribe there. iTunes, you know, Twitter, whatever that may be where you're seeing that. I want to say thank you so much. Uh, I know I don't say it enough, but I really appreciate kind of, you know, the support and all the the you know, guidance you guys have given me, you know, off offline, just to kind of what you need, what information you're looking for. So please like, reach out to me, let me know how I can make this better, how I can make it more valuable to you. So that's it for the, today's Daily Cyber. I just want to remind you, don't forget, software's hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber. <laughs>